If you've been wishing, hoping, and dreaming about taking your business from six figures to multi-six figures or multi-six figures to seven figures, then I wanna make sure you get our new free guide, the multi-six and seven-figure scaling roadmap. Inside the guide, I pulled back the curtains and I shared all the strategies that I used and they can help you too. First, they can help you triple your monthly sales. I shared proven strategies with you that led to a 3X increase in my monthly sales. Second, I show you exactly how to crush your limiting beliefs. Say goodbye to doubts like, you can't charge that much and there aren't enough ideal clients for you too. Third, how to only work with ideal clients. I show you how to become the go-to expert and attract only the perfect clients and referrals. And finally, I show you how to quantum leap to $20,000 plus every single month. I show you exactly how to take a quantum leap from 8,000 per month, for example, to 20,000 a month. You can absolutely break through your upper limit barrier and enjoy five and six figure months every single month. Make 2024 your dream come true year by downloading your free guide today. Just click the link in the show notes below. Welcome to Double Your Sales Now, where you'll discover top resources for selling strategies, powerful tips, and best practices to open your mind and performance to the next level. You can double your sales too. So let's get to it with your sales coach, Ursula Menches. Hey everybody, and welcome back to Double Your Sales Now. I'm super excited to be here today. I have the very cool, very amazing Jessica Martin. Jessica, hello, welcome to the show. Hi, thank you for having me. I'm so excited. You've been one of our longtime listeners, so it means a lot to have you with us today and just to have you sharing your wisdom and expertise. So, so thank you for being here. It, as we record this today, it's the middle of April, and we want to be sensitive to what's going on in the world. So if you listen to this at a later date, know that we're like kind of right in the middle of the COVID-19 journey and things are a little bit uncertain. So as we talk through this today, we're gonna to talk about what Jessica's been doing in her business to innovate, how she's taken it to the next level and how she's really grown two businesses. So stay tuned for that, grab a pen, grab a piece of paper, cause you're gonna to wanna to take some notes and hopefully you have your favorite drink. This is one of my favorite cups, Happy Campers. That's what we love, our Happy Campers. So having some tea this morning. So with that, I wanna make sure you know that if you leave, not if, maybe when, right? When you leave a review, you can go to salescoachnow.com forward slash giveaway. And we have a great, great prize for anyone, anyone who um, leaves us a review on iTunes gets this great download. So we'd love for you to get that. Also, if you haven't yet, go to salescoachnow.com forward slash gift. We have um, a cool PDF. It's easy to download. It'll help you just stay motivated. It's called Six Secrets to Doubling Your Sales. So grab that as well. Big announcement. Because of everything that's gone on, we now are offering virtual sales camp. Our April classes filled up immediately, so we're going to be offering them in May as well. So email me at contact at salescoachnow.com if you want to learn more about those. And, you know, as we move forward, we're probably going to find that this is one thing we're going to continue for our clients who live in places of the world where it's a little bit harder to get to Minnesota or California. So we will have in person, but we're going to stick with the virtual sales camps as well, which I'm really, really excited about. Finally, um, if you haven't reached out yet to let me know if you have any trainings or conferences coming up, I can do virtual summits. I can do virtual conferences. So if your sales training was going to be in person and now it's virtual, I'd love to support you with that as well. If you go to UrsulaMinches.com, U-R-S-U-L-A-M-E-N-T-J-E-S.com, you can see all of our latest podcasts, uh, excuse me, all of our, our podcasts too, and all of our latest um, 
presentations that we've tweaked for this time. So we've been asked a lot to speak on how to sell um, in these uncertain times. And I'd love to support you or your team with that. All right, with that, Jessica, let's do this. Let's rock this pop stand, as we say in Minnesota. Jessica Martin is the owner of Martin Management and co-owner of Martin Dental, a thriving dental office in Eau Claire, Wisconsin. And she loves sharing ways to help dental offices decrease patient anxiety and make the dental experience positive for every patient. Doesn't that sound dreamy? She uses her background in psychology to get to the real reasons why patients feel anxious or fearful at the dentist and has created tools for dental offices to remove some of the most common barriers to dental care. Jessica is also a speaker, trainer, and consultant is on a mission to make dentistry, I can say that word, dentistry better in so many ways. And it's been fun getting to know you, Jessica, just to see just the growth in your company, the, the ways that you're innovating, um, now and as you look to the future. So let's just start with your story. Tell everybody, you know, about the first business that you and your husband launched and then now what you're up to in the world and how you're supporting dentists all over. Yeah, thank you, Ursula. So my husband and I purchased the practice that we run here in Eau Claire about, gosh, almost 10 years ago now. And um, we, we purchased our existing practice from our dentist that was retiring. And at some point I got kind of thrown into it uh, kind of by accident as most great things occur, but um, got thrown into the practice to help promote it and grow it and realized that in that people just really don't like going to the dentist, which led me to use my background in school psychology and working with kids with autism and ADHD and behavioral issues to really apply that, that understanding of the sensory system to the people in the dental chair and how we could make that better. And so about five years ago, we really started putting some new techniques and strategies in place for our patients to really see how that could impact their experience. And it, it, it blew up and it's become amazing. So we've really perfected those strategies here in our practice and have been doing it really uh, perfectly, you know, as perfect as can be, I like to say, uh, for the last three years, we have seen our practice completely explode. Now we're gonna be expanding, hiring another doctor, building a new office, all these great things. And so now my new mission is really to share those strategies with other dental offices so that they can help patients with anxiety and obviously grow their businesses alongside of that. So amazing. First of all, congratulations. We love hearing these success stories. And I, I want you to think about both businesses and within both of them, was there ever a time where you had limiting beliefs uh, about selling versus serving your patients, right? I think, especially in what you do, there can be kind of blocks of like, you know, here's what we can offer. Here are all the things that we can offer. And here's kind of what you need right now. Did you have any limiting beliefs in the dental practice? Did you have any limiting beliefs when you launched the consulting company? Yeah. I mean, I, it's hard to look back on the dental practice just because it has been so successful for the last number of years. Um, but I think it actually, it's been really helpful for me to look back and to go, wow, I, rem I do remember what that was like, because now that I'm growing the consulting business, I'm kind of back in that space of, oh, this is harder than I thought it would be. And, um, you know, some of those doubts come up again. So for sure with, with growing the dental practice at first, it was kind of like, well, there's so many other competitors out there in terms of other dental offices. So how do how do we grow and how do we stand out for our patients? And, um, you know, kind of that feeling of, I remember feeling really like almost desperate. I don't like that word, but almost just like, 
we needed patients so badly at a certain point years and years ago that I remember being like, gosh, could we have our hygienists go and, you know, talk to people at the mall and, you know, do all these things that I now think are kind of funny and crazy, but just being so like scared and, and, um, you know, worried about our future and, and feeling desperate about getting new patients. And then once, once I was able to really figure out what I could do to serve patients, like you said, what, what we could do to make the patient experience better and make people attracted to us, then it really became something that I didn't feel as desperate about. And then it became easier to convince people to come to our office. It just, it's kind of a weird thing. It's like when, it's like if, when you believe in something, you know, you can convince other people to believe in it. But when you're in that, in that space of doubt that comes across and it's hard to fake it. You have to really figure out ways to really truly be confident in what you're serving people with for them to believe it. Yeah. Well, you're the only one that's ever felt desperate. Wink, wink. I can feel our <laughs> listeners all over the world saying, Oh my gosh, I'm so glad she said that because here you are with this super successful dental practice, you know, three years, you know, three years of great, great success. But I'm so glad you went back to feeling desperate and even saying like, let's send the hygienist to the mall and see what happens. Like we've all been there. Like, what do I have to do to figure it out right now? And even in, I think these kind of uncertain times and these different times, I can imagine that a lot of people are feeling desperate. Like, what do I need to do right now? Is there something that I should be doing, that I should be saying. So here's what I'm curious about. So track back from where, you know, there was that kind of desperation, we'll do anything. And then something clicked, like things started to work, right? People started to show up and you, you started to do these cool spa things in the office. And, and so was there a moment when things shifted and, you know, all of a sudden it didn't feel so desperate anymore? Like what was that path like? And then what did you believe after you made that shift? Hmm. Yeah. I mean, definitely. It's hard to pinpoint exactly when that shift happened. It, it sure. wasn't overnight, like most things. Right. I feel like all of a sudden I started realizing it was working. And I think for us, for me, it was a lot of, it was a lot about networking and talking with people and, and building connections with people that then turned into business, turned into them come, becoming patients. And then seeing that play out and getting that feedback that this is really great and really valuable. And what you're doing is, is important. Sometimes yeah. we need that. Um, even though we believe it to our core, sometimes it's great to hear that from other people that are, that become your patients or your clients or whatever. So, um, I definitely think it took a little bit of time to, to feel that, but then, yeah, once that shift occurred, I know that when it clicked in my mind that the conversations I had with people had to be focused more about them and less about me that, which I think is really important in any kind of relationship that you're there to serve the other person. And then once you are able to provide some value to them, that they're going to want to help you in return and become a client or a patient or whatever that looks like. Um, I felt it felt more authentic and it, it was easier to convert that person from an acquaintance or somebody that I was just networking with to a client or a patient. And so it's funny because that seems really easy to me now with our dental business, but I'm still struggling with that, with my consulting business, like remembering that and finding ways to build those relationships. And to me, it's a little bit harder because with with our dental business, I can talk to people in our community and I can be with them face to face, which to me is a lot easier to connect versus um, finding different ways to do that with clients that may be all over the world, um, doing that over Zoom or over the phone. You know, there's, that's a different, that's a different animal. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, it's great. And well, what's great about that is you can speak to both kinds of businesses and it is, it is a little bit more challenging. I want you to go back to, you said you made it more about them. Like it wasn't about me. It was more about them. Can you give us specific examples of what that would look like or how you made those connections or how you made it about them? Was it doing something for them? Was it sending them a referral? Like, what did you do? Yeah. I mean, I think so for the dental side of things, if I'm meeting with somebody that I'm in a networking group with, let's say, and in those relationships, I want to learn what it is that I can do to help their business grow because that's the nature of the relationship. And with that, once I can, I don't even really even need to talk about our business. Honestly, I can just mention like, oh yeah, we own a dental practice and we're a dental spa. And usually that will just elicit questions and then they're interested. And then because I have really focused on them and want to help them and have done something to try to help them, they just naturally reciprocate very easily. So I found that to be a simple way in our dental practice to grow. But with, with regard to the consulting, that's a little bit trickier. So, you know, I found that with um, like vendors and whatnot that I'm networking, that relationship is somewhat similar. I'm trying to find a way to help them get what they need from clients or connections or whatnot. But from doctors, let's say specifically, I'm, I'm really just trying to share the information that I can with them to help them through something that they're, you know, challenged by, and then hoping that that builds that trust and rapport to then have it turn into something that can be monetized. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that's a, it's a great way to look at it. Like, what can you give first? And, and I know you have eBooks and you have videos and a lot of things that you give away on the front end to introduce yourself and to warm up that relationship on the consulting side, right? Before you take some of those steps forward. So for everyone who's listening, I think those are such important things, but ultimately, and especially now, like in this, different time, having those connections, I think is more important than ever. And I don't know about like, you know, it's probably with the dental industry where it is right now, kind of a little bit at a standstill, right? Unless there's emergency work. How have you, like, have you been reaching out inside the consulting practice just to see how you can help or what's your strategy been there? Can I pause this really quick? I'm so sorry. Someone's at the door. Yeah. <laughs> yeah they're like, yeah. So right now it's actually really more tricky than ever because dentistry as a whole is sort of shut down right now. Most offices are closed. And so teams are at home. They're not all congregated together. So that's been a little bit tricky. I mean, normally I would offer to train a whole team or do, you know, like a lunch and learn or some sort of way to get everybody, um, you know, wrapped around the same idea. And that's not really, it's not in place right now for people. So I've really been focused on, you know, trying to reach out to the doctors or to the team members that I might have relationships with and just check in with them and see, hey, how are things going and how are you guys getting ready to reopen and just trying to give them resources and ideas for what they can do right now when we are closed to be strong, as strong as possible when we can reopen and use this time to do things that can be positive for the business because we can certainly all sit at home right now and relax but if we want our businesses to thrive when this is all over and to deal with all the changes that are going to be in place, we have to, I think, really be proactive right now to get ready. Yeah. And I want to talk about that. I want to come back to that. I want you to start, though, with in terms of sales strategies, what are the two main sales strategies that you use to build the dental practice where you went from desperate to really having this prosperous business? Do you remember like two specific strategies you used? two specific strategies. Well, I think for us, it was a lot of it was creating a niche or finding a way to differentiate. 
Yeah. And I think any business can do that. You just have to really find what's going to resonate with your people, the people that are, you want to attract. Mm-hmm. So for us, um, you know, being a dental spa, we're going to actually we're going to attract people income that they want to spend on Botox or cosmetic dentistry. So you have to kind of really figure out like, who are my ideal clients and what are they going to want and how can I be known for that? So I think that was the first thing because in our community, we're really saturated with dental offices. So we needed to find a way to stand out that wouldn't cost us thousands and thousands of dollars by, you know, to have to get on the radio and the television and get in front of people as much. We wanted to find kind of an organic way to be that attractant. So I think that's the first thing. And then the other thing really, really has been networking, to be honest, like finding people that are wanting to help you grow your business and then you help grow them grow their business. That is, I truly believe that's the way the world works. And we're, we're so starved for connection, true connection right now. Like we're overconnected in some ways with social media and everything else, but to have like those true relationships with people where there's authentic concern for one another's businesses, especially for entrepreneurs, because it's so isolating sometimes, you know, to have like kind of a team of people that, you know, are rallying for you is so powerful. So let's, let's talk about the, uh, well, first the niche piece. I think that's so important. And, you know, you, you guys talk about dental spa. And I think when you say that, when you introduce yourself and networking people, there's a head turn. It's like, what is that? I mean, how can we put dentistry in a spa together? Um, so I think that that's really powerful. And you're right. Every business who's listening, like you've got to find that, that niche, like what makes you different? What makes you stand out? Why do people want to come to your, your business or work with you? And then second networking it's to me, it sounds like you've really done a great job of building power partners, really building those deep connections where you're referring and they're referring back. And what I'm curious about, because I've heard different statistics. So think about the dental practice right now and how it's really skyrocketed over the last three years. How many, how many power partners would you say that you have who are really active, who refer on a regular basis and who you refer back to where you really have that reciprocal relationship? Um, true power partners. Gosh, I would say 10, 15, maybe. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't need to be a lot because what's beautiful about it is that I can be in groups of 30, 40 people. And if each of them even tells one other person that then becomes a patient, like that really snowballs quickly. So I feel like it's certainly it's, it's about depth and, and really, um, honing in on how you can have that reciprocal relationship. I mean, that's the easiest way to do it, but you also can do it in a volume way too. I don't know if that, if I'm saying that right, snowballs pretty quick. So of those 10 to 15, so I get like, there's probably a lot that refer and then your clients refer, but of the 10 to 15, I would guess there's a top 20%. Like there's probably five or so that really refer on a regular basis. Is that accurate? Yeah. Oh, for sure. I was going to say even less. Like I'm thinking like five yeah, handful. Yeah. Yep. Okay. And statistically that like everything I've read, it's, it's a few, the numbers tell us, um, and this is from, um, Dr. Ivan Meisner who founded BNI. He talks a lot about this and he, he talked about like during the great recession, if you had three really great power partners, your business kept growing or at least didn't go backwards. And so I wanted to bring that up because for everyone who's listening, this is a great time to be building those power partner relationships. In fact, I've never, I don't know about you, Jessica, but I feel like I've never had so many calls where people are reaching out and doing 
you know, partner calls of how can we help each other, or I want you on the show, or I want, you know, to have you um, come and train this event. So it just seems like this is the time to be building them. And I remember during the Great Recession, especially in California, the power partners that I built then are still my strongest power partners today because there was something about the time and the stress that we were all in at the time and the need to rely on each other that built a really deep relationship. Mm -hmm. So the, the relationships that you build now in this kind of interesting time, I guarantee you they're going to be there for years to come because you're going to help get to get like, you're going to get through this together. So what, like, what's your advice there on how, how have you been successful? Like think of those three referral partners, the top referral partners that you have, like what helped you develop those relationships? Do you see them regularly at networking groups? Do you have conversations in past times? Did you have coffee with them? Like how did you build that strength in the relationship? Yeah, I think, I mean, for sure the networking groups and the meetings that are just part of being in those groups is a great way to just stay on top of each other's minds because you're just, it's just built in connection. But I think also just most of those people are people I truly like and that I would maybe be friends with outside of that. So it's like <laughs> finding those people that you really click with is going to be the way to truly authentically be able to help one another. Not that you have to like or like be best friends with everybody, but I think it just comes more naturally when you truly can go, wow, that person's incredible. And yeah, I want to do everything I can to help them. So I think just finding those finding those people that you really are going to enjoy collaborating with and you're going to feel great about helping grow their business. It just, it just will kind of happen more naturally and you'll, you'll get together more often because it's fun and you get to know each other's families and all those things will kind of organically occur. I think that's a great point. And I think when we, the people that we like tend to be like us and that they're shared values. And then they typically attract some of the same people that we would attract. So it kind of becomes this great circle. So for everyone who's listening, I want to challenge you right down right now to write down two or three names of potential power partners of people that could really help you in your business where you could be referring clients, customers back and forth right now, especially during this time. Like they, they have clients for you, you have clients for them and people do still have money. They're spending it. Um, although a lot of people, I mean, I'm sensitive to the fact that a lot of people have been very impacted. Uh, there are people that, you know, that are still investing in their businesses and still moving forward. And I know Jessica, you're going to talk about that before we wrap up today, but, um, reach out. And I don't think it's like, it's more important than ever to really reach out and ask for help. And I've had people on our show from SCORE and Inland Empire Women's Business Center, which is in California. There's lots of great organizations through the SBA that have free resources available right now. And of course there's loans and all kinds of things, but I just like, for some of you, I know, I just have the sense that it's really important for you to reach out and ask for help right now. If there's anything we can do um, our email is contact at salescoachnow.com. I just wanted to put that in there to make sure you're getting the help and the support that you need. So Jessica, we know that you're an expert in decreasing anxiety in dental patients and also supporting their teams with their growth. I'd love it if you would share two to three strategies that you teach your clients and tell us a little bit about what you do in the business. Yeah, so I think, I think um, one of the main things is really helping teams to find ways to spot dental anxiety because unfortunately not everybody's great at reading people. I mean, for some of us, it comes really natural. And actually when I, when I teach it, I had to really like dig deep, like 
because I can look at someone and just tell they're anxious and I don't even really know how I know I can just tell. Right. So I had to like really step back and go, what is it about what they're showing me is showing me that they're anxious. So really breaking that down and teaching teams like the nonverbal language that's going to be there and then giving them strategies like, Hey, you know, they might, they might disclose over the phone on that initial phone call that they're anxious, but then actually present in the chair really well because they've been able to pull it together. So like making sure that the team is um, cohesive in all of the, those interactions to to really make sure they're identifying it properly because people are really good at hiding it and and we can really help them through that. They don't need to hide it, you know? Mm. So I think that's the main thing is teaching them, you know, how to spot it and strategies for spotting it. Um, and then obviously there's a lot of different things they can do once they know that the person might be anxious. Um, and some little things are, you know, comfort things like offering a blanket or, um, you know, having like a neck wrap that's warm, that's going to provide a little bit of weight, but also the heat will help them to feel a little more calm. Um, so there's really, there's a lot of little things that once we understand that the person might be feeling anxious, we can put in place that is really going to cater the experience directly to that person because everyone's going to be a little bit different. You know, someone might come in and they are cold and a blanket's going to be a great way to help them feel more comfortable, but then other people are going to come in sweating bullets and a blanket's not going to help. Right. So we have to really kind of, um, have a bunch of tools in the toolbox to help them through what they're experiencing. Oh, that's great. And, and so how, so tell us a little bit too, like just kind of high level. So when someone walks into your dental practice, how does, how does it feel like a spa? Is there music? Does it smell good? Like what's, what are all the senses that engage when we walk in? Yeah, I really try to help teach teams how to really cater to all the senses because everyone, everyone's a little bit different in terms of what senses are most heightened. So some people are really sensitive to smell. And so if you're addressing all the other senses, but you're not addressing that one and that's what's heightened for them, then you're not going to get there with them. They're not going to feel what you're trying to do. So for sure, hitting all those senses is important. But yeah, I mean, you walk in, you shouldn't smell a wall of dentistry. Ugh, that's nasty. I, I, when dental professionals, they don't even smell it anymore because they're so used to it. But the regular person is not, and it's not a good smell. So diffusing oils for sure makes that experience much better. The colors, I mean, I'm at our dental office right now. Um, you know, they're, they're calmer. They're not stark white, although I love white. And in, in decorating, I love white. But I mean, I feel like you've got to be conscientious of does it look really clinical? Um, are there instruments laid out that are there, the person's going to see that they're going to think, well, that looks pokey. What are they going to do with that? Um, so really the, the, the look of the office, it being clutter free, um, having some really nice spot elements in the waiting room, like, you know, I don't, in our waiting room, we've got like a little thing of, um, wooden toothbrushes, even though we don't recommend those, they just look cute and they look spa-like, um, you know, uh, fruit infused water, a diffuser running, just a calm atmosphere. It doesn't need to actually be a spa. It doesn't need to, you know, have a whole office makeover, but they're really little things you can do to give that, that feel of relaxation and comfort. Yeah. Well, I think those are great tips for everybody who's listening, who has a physical office and, or is in a home office right now. And just what they can do, you can diffuse the oils in your office. You can, you know, put little um, things out. You can have your own um, water with fruit in it. There's so many little things just to add those touches, just so that we can all reduce um, anxiety right now. I, 
because of the times we're in and before we wrap up, I did want to address that. I mean, you know, you and I both have um, backgrounds in psychology and we know that this can be a very isolating time for some people, really for all of us. Um, some of us have more tools and I just, I wanted to give you a moment to just talk about any advice you have for people who are out there. I know this isn't your complete expertise, but I feel like with your knowledge and your background and you know what you do for your, um, your patients, like what would you recommend to reduce anxiety right now in this situation? Yeah. Um, you know, I think the first thing is, is really giving yourself grace because we're all living in a crisis right now. Right. So you're working from home maybe, or you're homeschooling your child or the things that you're doing right now aren't normal. So give yourself the grace to not always feel normal. Like that's, that's normal. That's our new normal. Right. Yes. So, um, I think that's the first thing to not expect perfection because if you push yourself to, you know, try to get through this with flying colors and being amazing and doing all these amazing things, that's awesome if that's authentic for you. But if you're struggling at times, you've got to let those moments happen and cry the tears or, you know, word vomit on a good friend over zoom or whatever you've got to do, but you can't don't suppress those emotions because they're there to help you and you've got to work through them. Um, I think the other things would be as much as you can try to try to come up with a, a routine for yourself, like a new normal routine, whether that, you know, involves getting some exercise in obviously is great getting outside, getting some fresh air, just like know what feels good to you, know the things that you um, help you through any time that you're struggling with, whether it's listening to music or taking a bath or going for a walk or talking with a friend. I mean, when you're feeling good, I guess I would recommend like writing down a list of things that, that help you through hard times. And then when you are having those hard times, sometimes it's hard to identify those coping strategies when you're in the hard time. So if you can write them down for yourself and then reference them when you're having a hard time, then it's like easier to go, oh yeah, that's, yeah, I should do that. I'll try that out, right? Um, kind of getting yourself prepared because there are going to be highs and lows for all of us, no matter how emotionally sound we are right now. We're just in, we're in, we're in unprecedented times. So we've got to find new ways to work through those feelings. Um, yeah, I mean, I was going to say like, obviously we're in the dental world. So brush your teeth every morning. Like it's simple, <laughs> but like, you know, you don't have to put makeup on every day or do your hair every day or put on like normal pants, but like, just take care of yourself enough to like feel human. Cause it's hard to feel good when you don't take care of yourself, you know? Yeah. Such a good reminder. And you do feel better when you do those things, even the little things like brushing and flossing and getting back into your routine. And I think, um, I love what you said at the, the forefront of this, which was to give yourself grace because I don't like all the A types I'm sure can relate to the fact that you had this big list of things you were like, Oh, I'm going to have all this time to do all this stuff, to get all this stuff done. And then like, you were going to spring clean and do all this stuff. And then you found out that, you know, nobody's taking stuff right now. You can't take anything anywhere. You're not spring cleaning. Like, and all this, you know, but, and then it's kind of like, is that what's most important right now? Probably not. Let it go. And, you know, find, find joy in those little things. But I think it's so normal to be on a roller coaster ride. You know, for anyone who's listening, like you said, if you are thinking I'm not feeling normal, there is no normal feeling right now. Everything you're feeling is normal because um, I was listening to somebody else talk about this, that our brain is so used to patterns, right? And right now there is no clear pattern forward because of the uncertainty and all of our brains are going, okay, what's next? What's next? What am I figuring out? And there's never been more of a time when we just have to be in a 
space of surrender and knowing that it's okay to not know. And in some ways that's also kind of freeing, like for everyone who's listening, just to give yourself a moment of grace, as Jessica said, and just surrender to letting go of all of that and just trying to be in the now, be with your cup of tea, be with the person that's in front of you, be with your child. Like one of the things that I noticed with Luca is I'm doing a much better job of actually looking him in the eyes and stopping, not all the time, but um, it's, I've just had this awareness that I don't always stop and like look him in the eyes and really listen, although he points it out to me quite regularly. So it's one thing I'm practicing, which brings me more into the now. So maybe there's one thing that you can do um, that you can focus on to give your brain something something to do right now that's um, more productive than worry, because worry we know is not productive. Well, I think the other thing that I think I hope will come from this for people is really to start to go more inward and to trust ourselves. So even last week, I had a day where I just didn't feel like doing anything. And I'm pretty type A. I've got all the to-do lists for all the, you know, things to do with the kids, right? Like fun things to do with the kids. <laughs> I want to accomplish things. I mean, it's like, I love those, those things. And normally I'm very productive and I feel best when I'm productive. But I had a day last week where I just felt like, doing nothing. And so I did, I just did nothing. And I kind of felt weird about it because it's not my normal, but I did it. I listened to myself and what I felt like I needed. And the next day I got out of bed and I did like a hundred things within like the first two hours. And I remember thinking if I hadn't listened to myself yesterday and tried to force myself to do all these things that I wasn't feeling capable of doing, I wouldn't have done them well. And I wouldn't have gotten through as many. So I actually got more done by just listening to myself and taking that time to do nothing when I needed it. Yes. Such a great reminder. I know there, there've been times when I've been staring at a PowerPoint and realizing I've been staring at it for way too long. And I realized like, just like, I'm just not going to get it done now. It's just not going to happen. And I have to let that go and move on. And you're right. And then you come back and you're much more productive. So thank you for sharing that. Cause I think we're all just, we're, it's a, it's a very strange time. And I do believe, I have the personal belief that we're going to come out of this stronger than ever. I believe that we're going to come out of this innovating thing. Like I'm doing things in my business that I put off for so long. I haven't done them quickly, but I'm, I'm doing them. And I'm so grateful, like virtual sales camp, wanted to test that for years. Did I do it? No. Are we doing it now? Yeah. And so for a lot of us too, like let's set the intention that we can come out of this not only stronger, but setting up some things that we've wanted to set up for a long time. And this is our time to kind of challenge ourselves and try to, you know, put one thing in place that maybe we've wanted to do for a while and you have time to do it. And it doesn't have to be a rush. You don't have to get it all done in one day, but maybe that would be something to also give your brain to do. Like, I think the brain's looking for stuff to do right now. So Jessica, before we wrap up co-things, I like, what are you guys doing in the dentist's office to innovate? Like we're like a lot of us, we don't, we think it's going to be the same. And the truth is there's going to be a new normal. And as one of our, I just had someone on Patty Cotton, she talked about the next normal, the next normal, like it's going to be a rollout of normals, but can you share with us, like, even though it might've been uncomfortable, what are some of the things that you guys are going to do to innovate? So on the other side, like as we open up again, um, the, the dental practice is on the forefront of what's, what you need to do. Yes. So. Oh, we are, we, we have put in place virtual consults, which we didn't offer before. And now we do. And I think that's going to be a great uh, value add for our patients and going to help us attract more cosmetic cases and things like that. So that's been awesome. We are working on doing some um, medical billing training. So typically, especially small offices um, aren't doing as much medical billing. We're focused on dental billing because medical billing is like a whole nother language that most small offices just don't have the capacity to handle, but 
there are companies you can hire. You just need to, you just need to change how you're doing things. And so we're working on that. So that's going to be a great, um, another way to add value to our patients once we're back. And then all the infection control control stuff. I mean, dentistry was always, uh, you know, doing a great job of keeping our patients and our team uh, safe with regard to HIV and Hep B and all the things that were always out there. But now with COVID, we've we've got to rethink what that looks like. So we're we're looking at um, you know handling the aerosol, the the droplets that we're putting into the air from people's mouths. How we're handling that and how we're keeping patients safe that are going to go into that treatment room right after that other patient was in there, not right. knowing if they're positive or not. So um, really some some new ways to address infection control. And we're lucky in our situation um, to have private treatment rooms. Not every dental office does. And so I think a lot of practices are going to be investing a lot of money into trying to contain each individual chair uh, within their office if they don't have private treatment rooms. But I know for our new office that we're in the process of developing right now, we're actually going to have like a a clinical uh, section of the office that's going to be doored off so that we can ventilate totally different in that section of the building than, than like reception and the rest of the building. And it's going to, it's going to be more like a hospital in terms of how that works from an HVAC standpoint. And that's maybe too much detail, but um, I think we're, we're at a time where it's, there are going to be major changes that are going to need to occur to keep people safe. And so we're utilizing this time to get ready for all of those things. And you know, in every business, we can be doing that, right? Because we're, we're going to need to address different challenges for everybody going forward as service providers. Yeah. Well, you're, I mean, especially for what you guys do and how close you are and you're in people's mouths and just, and it sounds like you're going to be at the forefront of that. I can imagine that some of the consulting you're going to be doing could be in that area as well, just how to, how to prepare for that. Um, so, so awesome. So two questions, um, in the dental practice, what areas do you serve? I mean, the truth is now that you're doing virtual consults, like someone could drive quite a ways to work with you. They could do an initial virtual and then come and work with you. So what area do you serve there? And then talk a little bit about the, you know, how to find you there. And then talk a little bit about the consulting business, because I know you can serve nationwide plus plus, right? So um, tell us how to find you on both and who you're serving. Yeah. So dentistry wise, we can serve any patient that's willing to come to us in Wisconsin. So, I mean, typically we see patients within an hour or two, we do have patients that drive, you know, quite a distance to see us because we're the only office doing the things that we're doing for the patient experience. Uh, But certainly, I mean, I, my aunt lived in Switzerland for a while and she flew to us uh, to get dental care. So, I mean, we're happy to see anyone on any uh, capacity that's willing to come to us. We can't take the dentistry to you, unfortunately. Um, and so our website for that is uh, martindentalec.com. That's how you would, you know, research about our office and you can contact us right from that website as well. And then in terms of the consulting, I can really help practices anywhere, um, talk with doctors in Australia and in Israel. So obviously there's some time difference stuff that we need to work out to be able to collaborate, but it, it certainly can happen via Zoom or over the phone. Um, and then obviously I can travel to uh, dental practices as well, which I really, I really love doing that because being on site, you can, you can glean so much more than, you know, working with an office virtually, but either way it works great. Um, and so my website for consulting is martinmanagementllc.com. Excellent. And for someone who wants to email you directly, what's the best way to do that? Yes, it's Jessica 
at martinmanagementllc.com. And did you have a download or a free gift for everyone or anyone who would like to get it? Yes. If you go to martinmanagementllc.com, the website for my consulting business, uh, there is a free ebook that talks about addressing dental anxiety. So, okay. Now, Ursula, I did want to mention to your listeners that it is so powerful to identify that one great goal. Um, I was in a conference with you years ago, and I remember writing down a certain goal for our practice that at the time seemed really, really like a stretch. And I brought it home to my husband, who's more the numbers guy. And I said, this is the goal. This is what we need to hit for all these other things to happen and fall in place. And he kind of laughed at me and said, Jess, that's, that's like, that would be really stretching. I don't know how we'd get there. And we kind of left it there. And then we both attended another event of yours. I don't remember what it was exactly, but it was like a, a day retreat or something. And so he got to kind of sit and listen to you talk and be inspired. And we left there and he's like, yeah, no, let's go. Like, I think we, I think we can get there and we figured it out. And, and we, we hit that goal without as much effort as you would have imagined because it seemed like such a stretch, but just having that some that thing to pinpoint was really powerful. And now we can look back and kind of laugh that we thought that was going to be hard to get to, or that, that would be like this huge mountain to climb because we hit it and now we're way above it. But yeah. I think it's important for people to really hone in on that. And I know that's like the whole premise of your book and the things that you're doing for um, live events and stuff. But I really do think it's, it's important because once you put it out into the universe, it, it does just happen easier for whatever reason. Yeah. Well, thank you. And for you guys, that was a seven figure goal, wasn't it? Yes. Yeah. And then you kind of blew through it and you kept going. And I think that, I mean, part of it too, I think for you both is you're willing, you're willing to be in it. You're willing to, you know, challenge your beliefs about wasn't what wasn't possible and to keep doing and to keep doing the work. And then you've taken that same viewpoint into, and that same belief and that same, um, I think work ethic and focus into your consulting practice. But underneath that, the reminder for everyone is that it doesn't have to be hard, that once you get clarity, the next steps show up and then you have to be willing to take them even if they're uncomfortable. So that's awesome. I'm so glad you shared that. Yeah, no, I really, I really do think that the, the most challenging limiting belief that I've had through this whole process, and especially that's come up with my consulting business is that especially when you're developing something that is brand new, that you feel like, you know, you don't really have a clear path to know what's going to work and what isn't and success isn't coming quickly or easy. The limiting belief that you have to get through is that this idea is good and it's still valuable, even though you're not getting that feedback necessarily right away from other people that are wanting to work with you. And really, I think that comes back down to just a belief in yourself and that what you're doing is, is important and powerful. But I think when you can get past those things, then you can hit those goals because if you can think of it, the universe is ready to give it to you. You just have to be open to how that's going to look and be willing to do the work to get there, like you said. That's awesome. Thank you so much for sharing that. Thanks for listening to Double Your Sales Now. To get more information to take your sales to the next level, visit us at salescoachnow.com. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to tune in next week. And until then, we'd appreciate your review on iTunes.